If you have your Bibles, feel free to open it up to the book of Psalms, the book of Psalms. Um, I hope you guys are having a wonderful Sunday. It is the last Sunday of 2020. Maybe that brings some relief. Um, Maybe, I think to most of us that might bring us some relief. I don't know if some of us are like, no, 2020, the year is ending. No, I feel like most of us are kind of kind of happy that we are turning the page and uh, going to uh, a new new year. So we are going to the book of Psalm chapter 90 and we will be looking at verse 12. Um, also, while I'm speaking, um, I have we, we put this insert within your bulletin. Uh, usually it's the place where we take notes. But uh, there's just two questions in it, and I encourage you to think about these questions as I'm speaking and throughout the day, and write down the answers that you have for these questions. Feel free to go back if you, you didn't get it and um, look at it. So it, the first question is, what is something you are grateful for in 2020? I know that that might be a hard question to answer, but I'm sure that there are some things that we could be grateful for. And I think as, as Encounter Church and as God's people, there are always things that we could be grateful for. And then the next one is, what is something you are looking, you, you look, you are looking forward or you look forward to in 2021? Um, we're starting a new year. Maybe you're looking forward to a new obtaining this new habit, to maybe being more involved in church, maybe excelling in school, whatever the case may be, maybe there's an event, um, feel free to write that down. And uh, I know that for me, uh, it's helpful to write things down. It just makes things a little bit more real, um, and it makes it a little bit also easier to be, uh, to be held accountable to. So, Psalm 90, verse 12, says this. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And that is our only verse. I'll read it again. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. With that said, if you want to join me in prayer, uh, close your eyes and bow your heads. Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us together this day. Thank you for bringing us together this year. Lord, as we get into your word and as we start to reflect with your spirit, I pray that you may speak to us and help us obtain, cultivate this attitude of gratitude. And uh, I pray that we may have a, a hopeful vision for the year 2021. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Feel free to take a seat now. Today we will be taking a break from our series in Luke and do some reflections. Next week we will look, we will continue uh, to look what Luke writes, but today I wanted to take some time to reflect. The passage we read was Psalm 90 verse 12, and it comes from reflective literature. If you remember, back in our kingdom series, God had given literature to the nation of Israel so that they could reflect, so they could meditate 
as they waited for the coming king. And today, we could benefit from practicing the truth within the wisdom literature. We could benefit from practicing Psalm 90.12. Here, the passage that we read, the psalmist is crying to God that he would teach us how to number our days. If we number our days, we will gain a heart of wisdom. Sometimes we live blindly and just keep moving forward, and sometimes that's okay, but we need to pay attention to every day. Pay attention to how every day God is working. And we need to appreciate how God has been working and appreciate what he has done, how he has given life, given us life every day, and the type of life that we have. When we do this, we start to practice wisdom. This year, maybe made time go very fast or very slow. But regardless, it's essential to contemplate on the days that have passed. We need to be aware of what actually happened. And today we are going to take some time reflecting on what has happened. I would have loved doing this maybe on a special retreat going out to some camp on the snow or mountains and maybe we'll do that one year. But I'm taking the opportunity this Sunday of this year to reflect. I will speak personally on my reflections and things that I've spent time in prayer and just pondering and meditating on God's word and the events that have transpired here in America and the world in the year 2020. And also things that affect Encounter Church. This community that we are all part of in one way or another. Let's go back to late 2019. Elida and I, we were attending a great church here in Lodi. And I, I was going to seminary and I still am. I was studying to become a professor of the Bible, and I still am. Um, And while we were attending this church, this wonderful church, we were having discussions with friends and mentors that I have and that Elida has, and we saw that there was a need for a church here in Lodi. But you might say, there are already so many churches here in Lodi, and you would be right. In fact, if you do a Google search of churches in Lodi, you will see that there are many churches, um, and there are even some churches that don't even appear here. And I would even add that there are some excellent churches here in Lodi, but we still saw a need. You go out at night here in Lodi, you go to downtown or you go to wherever there's some sort of activity. And you would see that there are many young people out here in Lodi, California. Maybe it doesn't compare to a college city, but there is a fair, a fair number of young people. And while you may see many young, young people out and about in Lodi, you go into a church and you will see that young people are underrepresented. In other cities like Sacramento, there are Christian events where young people are present. But yet, here in Lodi, there is no clear church 
that looks for millennials or Gen Zers. You see churches filled with boomers, Gen Xers, people over their 30s, but virtually no one in their 20s or younger. And here's an interesting yet terrifying stat. You might not be able to see it on the screen, but essentially to summarize, pastors used to hope that young adults would, who left the church at a young age, maybe at college, that they would return. But according to a recent study, younger generations are not returning to church. We cannot hope that these young people would return uh, later on in life. No. We need to be active, actively engaging them. As another stat shows, the percentage of Christians in America declined by 10% in just seven years. In just seven years, 10% of Christians just declined in just seven years. These are not good stats. And the church should be alarmed. Today, there are as many people who don't believe in anything as there are Christians who believe in the Bible. Back in the day in America, it was cool to be a Christian. But most people look at Christianity today not as a step forward, but as a step backwards. And here's probably one of the most alarming things. Christianity will drop almost 20%, and 30% of the total population of 2050, in 2050 would be religiously unaffiliated. And what's crazy is that the young people who are going to church, about 42 million, there's barely any young people going to church, but in 2050, the young people who are going, 42 million of them will disaffiliate from Christianity by 2050. They look at the rates and see what's going on now and they project this and this is just a conservative number, 42 million. This is alarming. And to think about how churches are doing things that everything's gonna be okay if we just keep the status quo, no. We can't think that the status quo is acceptable when we have these type of trends. And, we, and so, so we looked at this. And we, we thought, okay, there is a need for a church. But we thought, okay, maybe, maybe not us. We're, we're pretty young, and that is true. We're too young to launch a church. But we also realized that if we're going to reach people in their 20s, the best time to reach them it's probably now, as we are in our 20s as well, and more relatable than if we were older. So we decided to get serious, look at the prospects, and see if it's even possible to start a church. Some of us started meeting at Panera, and we would bring it up in conversation, just talk about it in drives, and we would pray often and seek God's will. What was God's plan? And we, we started to, okay, Let's devise a plan. This, this is what we're going to do. We, we first considered what our mission statement be. What, why would Encounter Church even exist in the first place? And we, st we stated this. 
that we exist to reach the lost generation with the good news of Jesus Christ and disciple students of the Bible. We are intentional in reaching the lost generation. This, of course, does not mean that we ignore other people groups. We value being multi-generational. But it does mean that we are focusing our efforts on reaching the next generation, the lost generation. We are reaching the lost generation, the young people. And we will be intentional with how we go about it. But we're not compromising on what gives hope. We believe wholeheartedly that the Bible gives hope. Moreover, we believe that Jesus gives hope. And the body of Christ, the church, gives hope. And that is why, while yes, we're reaching the young people, we're not compromising. We are going to preach Christ and sing about Christ and sing to Jesus and live as his people. If we compromise on these biblical truths, then we really don't have anything to offer to the lost generation. And we exist also to make disciples. Remember Jesus' great commission? Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the end of the age. Therefore go and make disciples. Make disciples. That's the main verb of this command. And we are going to do our best to make disciples. We will not neglect those who come and just give a superficial teaching or worship experience that makes people feel good. No, we are going to partner with people and walk with them as they walk on this journey called life. And we also wanted to know where we would be going. So we had this vision and this is what we strive to be. We strive to be a thriving, that we are growing. It doesn't necessarily mean by numbers, but it, it means our person, our character, that we're gospel-centered. We, we focus on the Bible, and we, 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 we believe in the story of Jesus, that he is king, and we serve him, and that we are a community, people coming together that equips. We're trying to help people with whatever task God has given them, the people of Lodi and of the surrounding area. And we made this plan. And in the year 2020, this was all back 2019, we said that we were going to launch a church. Then the turn of 2020. Things looked good for the year 2020. I mean, it was a good number, 20 pierced twice. It sounds good, easy to remember, 2020. And I remember so many churches were so excited about this new year. They made a play on words and they were saying that in the year 2020, it was the year of vision because we were going to have 2020 vision. And I do think we saw things clearly this year. And I think that we saw things that really truly mattered, but I don't think we got the 2020 vision that anybody expected at the beginning of the year. 2020 was going to be the year. 
I remember people posting about how awesome 2020 was going to be because of, all, of how all of the holidays landed on a good day. Fourth of July landed on a Saturday, Halloween on a Saturday, Christmas, Friday, New Year's, Friday. 2020 was going to be popping. It was going to be great. But a few years into 2020, things looked like um, maybe things were going to be a bit different this year. On just January 2nd, after the death of Iran's General Soleimani, there were fears of World War III happening. This happened this year. It feels like so long ago. There were even fears of a draft taking place. But you know us, a technological generation. You know how we cope with the tensions growing between Iran and the U.S. We made memes. So Big Daniel over here said on Twitter, he said that this is how it's going to look like on Snapchat if we went to Iran uh, for World War III. We also thought that it was the end. Here's another meme. And of course, this was just the beginning of 2020. A few days later, there was a tragic death. Kobe with his daughter, Gianna, uh, with seven other people, died in a helicopter crash in California. Kobe was an an icon, um, a role model, someone whom many people, especially young people, looked up to. I know that a lot of people were devastated by his death. I know that a lot of students in high school, a lot of people who are into basketball, and I, I know personally people who really admired him. Then in January, the House voted to impeach the president. This happened this year as well. And through it all, there was this rumor of a new virus, and it's called COVID-19 or coronavirus. I remember hearing news about it, and some news back in the day, back then, was saying that it wasn't a big deal. I remember people comparing it to the flu. I remember talking about it with Oscar and Luis back in, and and Christian as well, back in February and January, and it didn't seem like a big deal, really. At the time, there was just one case in Eureka, in California, up north, but it turns out that the first COVID-19 related death in the states occurred in February here in Santa Clara County. Well, I was just thinking back then, and this just appeared odd. But still, I thought it was nothing to worry about. Then another death in Washington State. And let me tell you, during this time, during the pandemic as it was rising, there were primaries taking place. We were wondering who our next president would be. It looked like Pete Buttigieg would would be the one since he won Iowa, then Bernie. And then finally, it landed with Joe Biden. And several months later, we saw that Biden won electoral college and during this election cycle people were dying because of COVID-19 then on March 15th the CDC recommended that events with 50 people or more be canceled and the thing that really made things real for me was when the NBA was canceled I was like oh snap something is happening and thereafter things started to close 
there was an intense shutdown. Students were not going to return to school after spring break. And all of this started to happen when Encounter Church was approaching its first preview service. We had planned to meet in the hotel meeting room. We had it booked and we're getting ready. But a couple weeks before, there was a push, this initiative that was called Flatten the Curve. The idea behind this was that for a couple days, for a couple weeks, most, business, most businesses would close. And to prepare for this, a lot of people went out to buy toilet paper, paper in bulk. Many church buildings closed. Everyone, everyone went to an online format. We were united on this front, at least at first. We were going to do what we can to protect those we love from a virus we do not know much about. Encounter Church did what it could. We did have a pre, pre-service meeting. Many of us were in that pre-service meeting, pre-launch meeting. We met in a, through Zoom. Um, then Easter came. And church buildings were still closed. We had our first previous service that Easter. And we did it via the web on YouTube. Talking about the resurrection of Christ. In April we were still in lockdown. We got a stimulus check. That was pretty nice. We had our second previous service. And in May we finally met here at Gravity. The church that we're currently in. And it was great. We met for our monthly services in the following months, and it looked like things would have been great for our launch service, for our August launch service. But COVID was still around, and meeting with people was still discouraged. And there was also something that took place in May, and it lasted for a couple of months. The recording of the horrible death of George Floyd, which revealed the evils of police brutality, The recording incited protests protests through the summer. People were protesting against the evils of injustice and racism that have plagued this world and more specifically this country. COVID, racism, hopelessness, depression, death, joblessness, all of these things made it hard made 2020 hard. And it also made things hard for Encounter Church. It made us reconsider the role of Encounter Church. What is the role of Encounter Church? That's what we thought. Should we as a church just not start? People are iffy right now about meeting together. Yes, the church, most people, they, those who are Christians, those who already know Jesus, they, they want to meet. But the generation that we're looking for, the, gener- the lost people, the lost generation, they're still pretty iffy. And that's our focus as well. Would it be smart to launch a church plant in the year 2020? Maybe it's not smart. But I think 2020 helped us realize that there is a need for God. And that there is a need 
for a church, a church that points to God. So many churches and Christians have focused on how we should address cultural issues. But sometimes, despite the church's approach to cultural issues, the church fails to make disciples. We focus so much on whether we should be voting this way or what the church should be saying here. And then we forget about individuals. Many of the times I may not like to make a cultural take because I'd rather talk to a person one-on-one, get to know the person and talk and lead them to Christ slowly through her process instead of just being so vocal and, and ruining chances that I would have to talk to somebody else. And I think that's how true change happens, through discipleship. Here at Encounter Church, we make disciples. And we have made disciples. Look at yourselves. Maybe you have fallen in many ways this year. But by the power of God, I have seen all of you grow one way or another. And something about a year like this that brings a lot of pain, a painful year can help us grow stronger. And through singing together and through praying together, I believe we have grown We have grown through opening the word together. And our children have grown. And within the small groups that we've had, we have grown together in the Lord. And in 2021, we will continue to grow. We will reach the lost generation with the good news of the gospel. We will make disciples of the Bible. We will gather together laugh together, learn together, and maybe we'll even meet within another building. We'll be a beacon of hope to this community. And I close with this. God has been with us. There is a reason for this year. There is a reason for Encounter Church to exist And there's a reason why it will continue to exist. Matthew 16, 18 says, And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. God will build Encounter Church. And the gates of Hades, the gates of hell, the gates of a pandemic, the gates of racism, of injustices, of death, they will not prevail. Hell cannot mess with God's church. And what we have sowed, what we have planted in 2020, we will see the fruits in 2021. And I want to say from the bottom of my heart Thank you all for your faithfulness during this year. I know that it hasn't been easy, but thank you for coming. Thank you for worshiping. Thank you for being a part of this community. God sees what you have done, and he will bless you accordingly. And the experience that we have gained in the year 2020, it will help us with the years to come.